0: this song would be appropriate to lead into today's show since as i looked up at the practice uh, when we were at practice on saturday night at heinz field uh when the lightning started to hit uh, and we started hearing thunder in the neighborhood i looked up and i saw craig wolfley running for the hills as he was supposed to be doing the show with mike uh pursuit our guest here uh, of course uh, also joining me is uh, matt williamson uh mike uh the Steelers did have to run for the hills uh, for, during that practice on uh, on Saturday night, and then got another practice in today. Uh, they're now started the second week of this whole thing.
1: Yeah, and a pretty interesting day today. Not so much what went on during practice, but I thought Mike Tomlin uh, uncharacteristic afterward, and he would uh, probably disagree with me on that. But. <laughs> A week and a day into padded practices, and uh, was I hearing things, or did he not declare and anoint Chase Claypool and Alex Highsmith? They've proven they belong. Hmm. Well, that didn't take long.
0: No, I, I agree. And and uh,
1: I, you know, earlier in the day, we talked
0: to Chooks core for, and he he said, uh, without even having the, his name brought up, that uh, um, Highsmith has been a guy who's flashed. Uh, for him, um, you know, it, obviously he sees a lot of them in the one-on-ones. Highsmith getting some work today because Bud uh, Dupree was out uh, out there with the ones a little bit. They're finding a little bit of depth here. Uh, same with the safety position. Right, we dude. saw we saw Curtis Riley with another interception today. That's three days in a row now, or three practices in a row where he's come up with the ball. Um, we saw on... Uh, there was some positive buzz about Marcus Allen. I was going to say, yeah, right. we saw yeah. Saturday night that Marcus Allen was getting some... Some run with the uh, the backs on backers getting some work there there in that drill today he was matched up against Eric Ebron in a passing drill now Ebron got the better of him in that situation uh, but he did come back and make a play on the on the last ball against Ebron but
2: sounds like t- he's getting valuable
0: high end reps though yeah Tomlin you know I mean? was and Tomlin said hey these guys are are uh, as they win their JV battles we're going to start to put them against more <laughs> varsity type guys if i'm uh, if i can paraphrase that i think i got that pretty close mike he
2: says that year after year i mean that's a great tomlinism known varsity guys known
1: varsity guys that's it <laughs> known varsity guys, guys. but so, yeah no it was um you know I, I don't i'm trying to make sure i don't go crazy about claypool <laughs> but he's showing up every day every I mean, day. every day and you look at him out there he's a monster I, I continue to be somewhat amazed, and you could probably drop the somewhat that you know transferring six four and a half to whatever it is, two forty one, and the four four one. You, when you see what that looks like in a uniform, standing next to these other guys, it's a big boy.
0: Yeah, and and, uh, and he's playing like a man. I mean, he. <laughs> You asked uh, Mike Tomlin about the catch that he made in the uh, in the end zone toward the end of practice. Over uh, uh, that was over um, Pierre James Pierre, lucky Pierre, uh, who's a big corner. Lucky there, yeah. He's a six-two cornerback, um, and Jay Claypool just went up and out, jumped him for the football, came down in bounds in the in the back of the end zone. Uh, but even more, uh, perhaps more impressive, I thought were the couple of times where he caught the ball in the middle of the defense on, like, a little curl route, turned and just took off, like, crazy like, and, and looked like a running back running with the ball in his hands.
1: So Zero to 60 in the blink of an eye. Tomlin, you know, I
0: don't know it, if you could hear Tomlin on the second one, I believe it was the second one, uh, came down and, and uh, gave him a little, a little uh, high five on that one because he's like, that's the way to get up to speed or something something along those lines. He was – very impressive. Uh, the kid just makes plays, as you mentioned, every practice. That really stands
2: out to me. Like, you guys both mentioned, boy, he looks bigger and stronger. Than everybody. I was like, yeah. I mean, we know he that. He should. You know, yeah. Right, right, right. We, we knew that part. But my worry about him as a prospect was kind of a build-up speed guy, not real sudden. Didn't
0: look like it today. Yeah. And, like, if coach
2: <laughs> is co- you know commenting on it, and, like you said, he catches one, flips his hips, and goes. And, and you know, Mike just said zero to 60. I'm like, you that's would have the thing was, I want to hear. You would have
0: thought it was Deontay Johnson taking wow, off the football. Wow, uh, yeah, that's honestly, I exactly want to hear.
1: And Dale, that one catch you're referencing. I mean, the ball was past him. I would, I would make the analogy of a second baseman trying to go for a ball in the hole. You know, how you dive toward the outfield, yeah, because yeah. you want to, you want to, you want to give your glove extra time. You know, make the ball travel farther. He reached back and just snatched it out of the air. Uh, I continue to compare him to Plexco Burris because they're very similar sized guys and you know Plex did very little as a rookie and I think he had a good career I think he was a good stealer he ended up being a Super Bowl champion with the New York football Giants that was a good pick he was a good player mm-hmm. you know a little goofy but you know everybody <laughs> our—everybody is different that's what makes this world the wonderful place that it is but th- this kid to me looks so much more polished when yeah. I compare where Burris was that first year after being the, what eighth overall pick, eighth
0: overall pick, I would agree with that, and, and I think a big reason for that is because of the way college programs now throw the football. If you, I mean, Plexico yeah. Burris came out in 2000. That was that's like a lifetime ago in terms of what college football From a was. Like. Questionable university. Well, that, there's that too, yeah. but uh, where, where they like to run the ball, where they, they do yeah, like to run ball. the football because <laughs> throw and, it deep when they have to. As as a, a famous head coach there once said, uh the, the running backs Aren't in a union and it doesn't. uh, How did that go? The ball's not heavy. Yeah, the ball's not heavy.
1: (laughs) uh, All right, I got to elaborate on this since you opened the door. It was uh, the the Rose Bowl clincher in 1987, and I think Lorenzo White carried 50 something times and had 200 something (laughs) yards, and Michigan State crushed Indiana. And they asked George Pearls, "How can you give the ball to Lorenzo White 53 times or whatever it was?" And he said two reasons: it ain't heavy. and he ain't in a union. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's, I mean, that was the norm for most schools when Plexico Burris came out, though. I mean, you didn't, oh, sure. you didn't see that. They were the, spread out, the, throwing the, the, 60 Rich Rodriguez right. was just a, he was yeah. still working in Division Two football at that point. I mean, right. they, they hadn't come up with all this spread, you know, the spread concept Ended yet. up
1: going back to that in Ann Arbor. But <laughs> yeah, well, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but I think that, that you're seeing these, these re- receivers come into the league now much more polished than they were Oh, just look at the crop that's come out the last three years. Oh, my goodness, I, I yeah. mean,
2: the Steelers have had their share of them by far, and maybe more than any in the league. But second, third-round picks coming in like Debo Samuel and D.K. Metcalf and go back to, you know, D.J. Moore and Calvin Ridley. I mean, there is 20 awesome, very young receivers in the league right now.
0: And it's not even just the college stuff. It's the it's the high school passing camps that these guys go right, to and, right. and all those things. I mean, they throw year-round so these guys are getting an opportunity to, to work on the, the intricacies of the passing game. Uh, you know, I know Alabama's
2: not like everybody else, right. but they send two first-round picks to the pros and have two first-round picks next Waiting. Week. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know, Ohio State, yeah. you know. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, it, but just, most yeah. of them are speed guys and, you know, mm-hmm. jitterbug guys and waterbug guys and make-you-miss guys. I, I don't know. This kid is uh, he's he's just really uh, grabbing my attention and holding it. And I was curious today to see... What it would look like without Ben Roethlisberger? You know, I was waiting for a day when Roethlisberger wouldn't practice. Today was the day, and it looked like it just looked all like you know. It, hmm. It's not like he's needed that to to stand out. I mean, um, I'm I'm trying to keep a lid on this, fellas. It's uh it's You're not a doing challenge. a good job of it. It's, it's I, getting it's getting tougher
0: and tougher because you know the the great thing about okay, you got the size. He's an area code catcher. Mm-hmm. You throw it in his area code, he's going to catch it. That speed. Plays to he plays to that speed. Yeah, um, the size he's more is more explosive than we thought. As I oh. mentioned, you know, before we even saw him at training camp, just watching the videos of him, he's a hands catcher. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, you know, doesn't let the ball get into his body. I mean, another it's just,
1: difference with Plex, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: And same thing with Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant was a body catcher, right? Most of the, a lot of the big guys are because they, you know, they just can be
1: because they can be.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, he is not he plays like a much smaller man even though he's got that massive size and he's bigger than all those guys sure I mean he's almost you
2: know if you throw him a jump ball in the end zone and Ben really learns <laughs> that I can put this thing super high where it's
0: not getting stopped right I it's mean he's not catching the stopped. ball
2: over his head which is not as easy as it sounds and his vertical no corner is going to get that high you know
0: that's like LeBron
2: now rebounding me. I mean, like it doesn't matter.
0: Not to you know mention right? if I mean, just if he, he gets his body on you, you're not getting up in the air. True, true. Because he's you know he's got 240 pounds going up in the air. No, I want to see him run slants and just shield off cor- you know corners that are
2: 180, 190. Ben puts it on his numbers and they jump on
1: his back and hope to drag him to the ground. You know, <laughs> well I think well, that's we're back starting to, the, to work towards. Go a- back after to the today. first day, Dale. Um, you know they threw that fade in the end zone to Joe Hayden and. then – a couple days later we talked to Hayden and he detailed it so perfectly I had the position I wanted the intent was to play through his hands he wouldn't let me knock it out of his hands <laughs> now this is Joe Joe Hayden's a pretty established guy right yeah three times gonna let he's not gonna let the rookie you know highest pick he's not a number one pick but you know the, the marquee pick they're gonna make that guy earn it I mean that's defenders see that reputation Come, okay kid let's see what you got you know you're not playing Purdue anymore, <laughs> and it's the same result. Yeah,
0: I'm. I'm just uh, thoroughly impressed with him. Um, I, I tell you what, Mike, I'm liking a lot of what I see from this rookie class because I've liked what I've seen from McFarland too.
1: Yeah, and I want to go back to Tomlin's reaction, and, and I was trying to lead him, and he wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> but you, you mentioned the high five, and the, you know the the obvious reactions that we've seen. You don't see that out of Mike Tomlin. He said. Uh, and I'm going to paraphrase him. He said, "My actions are always thoughtful and appropriate, and I give these guys what I think they need at the time." Yeah, Which I you believe do that, yeah, most of the time. But I, you know, let me just say, maybe I'm not the only one that's getting a little excited about this kid. <laughs> just, just from a look at this big athlete in motion kind of perspective. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I'm I'm starting to get to uh, to trade my expectations on this rookie class of of one where when this whole thing started. Well, if these guys contribute anything this year, it's a plus. You don't ha- you don't count on that happening for, to, for next year. It's I'm, down the road. I'm at the point now where I'm I have some expectations of these guys to come out and make some significant plays for them this year. Would you say three of them
2: in particular? You know, Highsmith, those first three guys. Yeah, and McFarland. Yeah, and
1: okay. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, if, and I, haven't, if, I, I, just, I haven't had the yeah. McFarland. Um, um, you know, I'm not disappointed, but I'm still wondering how that's going to translate. Well, uh, but think- the other two guys and to your point Dale about how much can they contribute at least situationally, right? I mean um sure. Highsmith can rush the passer and you need you need a third guy to do that at least. Um Claypool uh, you know down the sideline, jump up and get it, uh red zone, jump up and get it and then don't forget Danny Smith talking about how hard he's working on special teams and, and how good he's going to be there. There's a lot of kicking game plays. There I, are a lot of kicking know. game
0: plays, and I think that's where McFarland, uh, we've seen him work as a kick returner, um, where I, I think he could have some splash there. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed this or not, Mike, but today, and this is according to the practice report as well, uh, when, they, when they went to that uh, backs-on-backers um, passing drill, they had McFarland matched up against uh, Devin Bush.
1: Bush, yeah. yeah. He and got him a couple times. He got him JV a couple stuff times. Anymore, yeah,
0: right? this, this is not the JV stuff, and he, he was beating Devin Bush. Uh, they, they they split. I, I would say that was an even matchup. But Devin Bush is their best coverage linebacker. Yeah, right. That's exactly you know? what you want to see. And, you know, he burned him a couple of times. Do you know if McFarland? and I mean, if
2: you can't say, if you can't say, does he run down on kickoffs? Does he help on punt team? So I would think all three of them get a hat right now and help on special teams, if not more. And
0: like Mike said, situationally.
1: Yeah, I think we could say that. Uh, I would think that as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I think I, that that sounds like a, a reasonable assessment of things. Yes, yes. 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 expectation okay. of things not outlandish. It is not outlandish at all, and you know we'll see what happens with the rest of the rookie class. Uh, but if those three guys are hits, and then you know sometime down the road, Dotson is a hit as well for a team that didn't have a lot of draft capital this year um, and yeah, some right. very
1: specific needs that had can, to be yeah. addressed I think I they mean, came
0: out and, of it pretty well
1: the order was debatable and is going to continue to be debatable but you needed uh, the the big perceptions at least to me were help at running back, help at receiver help at edge rusher and there are three I, positions you know, we're talking about some, yeah. some people wanted the running back picked first in that group not last but uh, boy, were they lucky that there were a ton of big receivers this year. Well, by the
2: time the tone of you guys that have been at camp or been a camp, I mean, I don't know. I know the Steeler Nation's still on that train of boy, they should have taken a running back first. Why didn't they take Dobbins? You know, I mean, if anyone's listening to people that are doing their best to uh, calm their enthusiasm a little bit, I think they should be pretty excited about the Claypool. Team.
0: I think when we do finally start to see fans in the stadiums once again, whenever that might be. You're going to see some 11 jerseys out there. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I think they're going to they're going to forget that the Steelers didn't draft a running back, and they're going to be okay with uh, number 11.
1: Yeah, particularly if it gets done at running back. And I'm, you know, I think James Conner. That's a legitimate question: Can he play 16 games? Because he hasn't done that yet. But I feel better about. Them having enough in reserve in the event that doesn't happen this year than I did last year. Going back to our extensive, is the depth better than this year' program from last week? Yes, good. Good. No, I, I was just going to say uh, the, I, I don't think you can underrate that need for another edge rusher. Yeah, TJ Watt and Bud Dupree are great, but they they need breathers throughout the game. And uh, what we're seeing again, what we what Mike Tomlin said today, you know, they both. Have proven they belong. Talking about Highsmith and Claypool, he, that is an atypical assessment from that head coach at this juncture of a training camp.
0: Yeah, although I will say this, it's not a normal training camp. This this should be week three of the preseason, or we should be getting ready for week the the Steelers' fourth preseason game. But um, certainly uh, something that was outside the norm for Mike Tomlin. That is uh, Mike Persuda that you're listening to. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson as well. This is the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this.
3: I can't
4: stop
3: this feeling
0: Kind of how um, Mike and I are apparently feeling about Chase Claypool right now. Yeah, (laughs) right. Kind of hooked on a feeling there of uh, seeing this kid uh, is, is pretty darn good. Dale, was it last week that this was one of our intro
2: songs and you said something along the lines of like. All right, the uh, song's just about ready, yeah. but I have this new intro. Yeah, let's get this say, new intro. Uga yeah. Not
0: more cowbell. more <laughs> right, 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 cowbell right. here. We want some uga oh, Yeah, I think we're ready for some Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it, guys. That, that, that completes it. <laughs> that makes. They probably tried like six or seven different things. You know. <laughs> right. You got meowing, I got it. Meowing like cats or you know, <laughs> right, barking right, right, like right. dogs, and that doesn't work. We're gonna uga yep. chaka instead. <laughs> But uh, you have found the training camp report here on Steelers Nation Radio. I'm Dale Lally here with... It's always the last place you look. It's always the last <laughs> place you look. I'm here with, uh, you just heard, Mike Persuda and Matt Williamson. And uh, the last place you look, Mike, it's interesting that you that you mentioned that because I'm, I'm starting to believe, and maybe this is just me a week into training camp, and I've seen these guys going against each other now for a week, and they're, I'm not going to get to see them play against... Other teams, there's no yeah. preseason games, but I'm feeling a little bit better about some of the depth. I'm feeling better about uh, Alex Highsmith. I'm feeling better about uh, Curtis Riley at safety. I'm, I'm f- starting to feel better about some of these guys, and I didn't feel that way when training camp started. Marcus Allen's been mentioned.
1: Marcus and Allen,
2: yeah. yeah. Ulysses
0: Gilbert's been mentioned, right? You know, right.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um, maybe not so much a tight end. Yeah, not so much a tight. End. I mean, yeah. I mean, Ebron's a big addition there's not a black hole behind Vance McDonald anymore uh now you got to go too deep before you hit the black hole uh Highsmith you know that was kind of a calculated pick I think and what you saw in college was encouraging but it was at North Carolina Charlotte and he, he had some big games against Known varsity competition to use the Tomlinism of the day, but not many just because of the level he played at. But I think you were hoping he could at least come in and provide you that, uh, you know, relief pitcher off the edge uh, periodically. Uh, You know, Mike Tomlin said today he belongs. Uh, Chase Claypool, you were hoping would be impactful on teams and as a pass catcher in, you know, one, two, or three areas. Mike Tomlin said today proves he belongs. Uh, The Riley pick is. Pickup is really interesting to me. Uh, Dale, you mentioned that when Chukwuma Korfor was asked, Are there any players that are distinguishing themselves as edge rushers beyond Bud Dupree and TJ Watt? He just started saying, Alex, Alex. I think it was Will Graves of the AP. Couldn't even get the question out. (laughs) Yeah. And when Minka Fitzpatrick was asked about safety depth today, he said, Curtis, right? Right away. That that was my question. Thank you very much. Nice question. Didn't mention the guys that were here last year that are still here. He mentioned Curtis first. And this is a guy that's played, you know, 49, 50 games in the league. Like he started 19 or 20. He's been on three teams. Uh, he has been around the NFL block. And he looks like a guy that knows what he's doing out there. Does he not? He does, a, yeah. Go ahead. Hey, I want to throw a Riley question at you, too. I mean, because I'm still kind of learning about him. I
2: have not seen him in a Steelers outfit, you know, uniform. But the fact that he's a free safety really intrigues me, and I well, he can play free safety right okay. now. he's
0: he's he's in with Fitzpatrick with the ones because Terrell Edmonds has been out. Oh, okay. So he's played, I envision so him more so as a Fitzpatrick. The fact that he can play but... either spot is, okay. is really intriguing because I thought you would think because of the way that they typically do things here, when Edmonds was out, maybe they would just throw Jordan Dangerfield in there, or they would just. Mm-hmm. You know, go with Marcus Allen there, one of those guys. No, they went straight to to Curtis Riley, and he is showing up. As I mentioned, each of the last three practices, he has had an interception, and that's significant. Hmm.
2: Okay, well, that opens up a new thing for me to think about is I was going to ask, well, if he's a true free safety, might he play himself into the part where He plays Minka, and Minka plays Troy. You know, does whatever, you you know, random, come down and play the slot blitz, move out of the free safety role. Adam and I had a big conversation about that today. I mean, that's asking a lot because he might get worse at free safety, obviously. But I'm sitting here thinking, with your description, if he's in the game in dime, you could play a lot of too high safety, bring those corners up and press, you know, and really be – take away the deep ball.
0: And perhaps, you know, we're talking about who's going to be that that other dime linebacker, who's going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Um you could drop Terrell Edmonds down in the That's box what I'm thinking and, too, and let right. him play closer to the line of scrimmage and you're fa- I mean you're you're extremely fast in that dime defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot of, of different things that they can do there and I think Curtis Riley uh, to to Mike's point, I mean he started 16 games 2 years ago for the Giants, had four interceptions. Uh, playing free safety, I, I think this you know, gives them some depth that they you know, most certainly didn't have. And he was not a household name when they signed him, and I don't think he was on anybody's radars. No. Oh, they didn't need to go sign this guy. But you got this guy in here, and and he's shown that he can he can do some of this stuff for and, you.
2: And to take it a step further, I love your point about, well, his presence might make Edmonds a better player because he can be closer to the line of scrimmage and do what he does best. And we're hearing Marcus Allen in that light a little bit more. And that leads me to, boy, Vince Williams is a big, slow, old-school linebacker. Well, I think they're going to play a lot more dime this year. With Bush as your only, quote, linebacker, and if all these ripple effects happen, Vince can do what he does well, but he's not going to be out there as much as people
1: think. Or or. he's going to be out there rushing the passer and dime. Right, I would think that too as a Do what as he does front well. guy. Yeah. I, I don't want to say hand on the ground guy because they're all kind of walking around now sometimes. But it could to your other point about the ripple effects, it's a it's a tremendous talking point because let's let's take a look back at the timeline with Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay, he arrives last year, gets a zillion takeaways, makes all pro, and then he kind of put it out there shortly after the season. Boy, I'd like to move around a little more. <laughs> I don't want to be back in center field. And then Uh, The Steelers talked uh, as recently as last week, and I'm uh, pulling up the transcript of uh, Terrell Austin. Actually, it's a little longer than last week, but uh, from August the 11th, Terrell Austin was asked about maybe moving Mika Fitzpatrick to counter teams trying to stay away from him. Terrell Austin said, quote, I think what we will do is we will be able to move him around a little bit more. We've been able to talk some things out and really get down into the details of our defense, and I think that will give him a little bit more ability to show up in a couple different positions than he was last year, which will help him get around the ball a little bit more and keep that production. Now, Fitzpatrick does the Zoom today and basically says, hey, I was all pro last year. The defense was great. I'm fine in center field. He talked about Ed Reed extensively and how – Ed Reed plays an intellectual game. He talked about how safeties make plays that people don't notice because just by being in the right spot, they take away a receiver or force the quarterback to go elsewhere, and he's fine with that. It it all sounds good, but you got to mix it up a little, don't you? Because you can't give a good quarterback the same look all the time, even if you're a very good defense, which they think they're going to be. So I think we're going to see some subtleties in terms of uh, Fitzpatrick not being in center field. But, But that center field job is important, important enough that if you're going to take him out of it, you better have somebody that can handle it. Yeah, well said. And there's a lot of layers there. And the one thing
2: I said earlier today was, I don't know that I would screw around with Minka too much because his presence makes the other 10 better, more aggressive, knowing he's behind them. But if three plays a game, he walks down and plays man coverage on Evan Ingram. Or Barkley or somebody along those lines that they haven't seen on tape. I'm all for that or blitzes or you know three or four plays a game. Not a trend by any stretch.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not. It's not twenty plays down. Mm-hmm. Minka down in the box and or every time you go to the the to the nickel he's down in the slot or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Right. 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 It's it's a surprise thing because you got a young quarterback in Daniel Jones in week one. You've got another young quarterback in week two in Drew Locke yeah. that. I'm sure it's being pumped into their heads now. Hey, you stay away from 39. Mm-hmm. We're going to stay away from 39. Well then all of a sudden um, you know they take the they take the snap and they drop back and all of a sudden 39's in coverage not where I they're, thought he and was. And they're not seeing they're not necessarily seeing numbers at that point. They're just seeing sure. I see a body and you know, I'm, I'm not going deep here because I, that's you know FitzPatrick is deep and then they throw the football, and it's, it's it's Fitzpatrick in coverage, and he's shown he can take the football away.
2: If Fant or Ingram starts catching a couple of balls early in the game, and then all of a sudden, 39's on that guy, like well, you know, it changes what
1: you do. It's it's a little. But Dur- I, I do James think it like. would be, uh, yeah. But I think it would be schematic, don't you guys? Like it wouldn't be Troy Light. No, right? no, Where, yeah, no, 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 no. Just Where he's here and just there. gonna, right, right. oh, I got I got a hunch here, or no. I'm going to play the safety position with. Intuition, Matt—not instinct,
2: but yeah, yeah well done. I, uh, that's good work.
1: I, I sense I sense something's coming here, so I'm just going to run up and time the snap count perfectly and dive over the top like I'm coming off the top turnbuckle and kill <laughs> Kerry Collins. It's not going to be like that, or hey, and, I'm and leave the middle totally open, Clark and right. give Ryan Ryan Clark a little wink, like hey, I'm going to do something goofy here, but it'll be calculated. But again, you got to mix it up a little bit your guy's point about the young quarterbacks is well taken, but you got to do that against veteran quarterbacks too, because you can't just let those guys sit there and know where you are. Even if, even if you're very well, very, um, adept at executing what you want to execute. So I, I see some subtle, um, messing around, uh, for lack of a better word with Minka Fitzpatrick, but for the most part, I think that center fielder position is underappreciated. I thought it was really interesting the way he talked about it today and, Dale, you're a baseball guy, right? You coach baseball. The the best center fielders play shallow enough to take away the cheap hits, but they can still get back and make sure the ball isn't hit over their head. They know how fast Uh, they are, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the analogy applies to football as well. And Fitzpatrick talked also about wanting to do things with aggression. And, uh, boy, did we see that today. I'm so happy that the uh, handy-dandy pool report included uh, that pop on Eric Ebron (laughs) after a catch over the middle. Uh, I'll read I'll read from said handy-dandy practice pool report. Uh, Ebron caught a hook over the middle. When he turned upfield, he was popped by safety Minka Fitzpatrick and went straight to the ground as the defensive sideline howled its approval at the gregarious Ebron, who walked to the <laughs> sideline and said up to the reporters in the stands, that was a welcome to Pittsburgh shot. I'll take it. Saturday night, it's Ebron getting in Benny Snell's face and vice versa. Today... Uh, two sounds, Fitzpatrick hitting Ebron, Ebron hitting the ground.
0: And, and I can tell you as well, since I was one of the people sitting there when Ebron looked up to us, uh, he said a little bit more than that too,
1: uh, but it wasn't something that we could print. Um, <laughs> Good. <you know. laughs> but it was all By the way, how much fun was that sitting in those yellow seats with the sun just beating down and uh, all the humidity and... Heat in the air. You guys must have had a good time today. We,
0: we did, and, and I'll say this as well. Uh, since they had a couple of uh, special teams periods, um, I was able to go back and stand in the wind tunnel uh, that was back there, that, that uh, and, and cool off a little bit. So, again, yeah, it was nice was, relief. Wasn't, wasn't bad. wasn't bad at all. Not not sitting under a tent, but it's certainly not. Uh, wasn't the worst of days. Um, we even got a little rain early in the practice. It kind of sprinkled a little bit, and that cooled things off. Yeah, it was a hot day. Pooler the pond the pond. Uh but uh yeah, I think uh you know when when you look at Fitzpatrick and what he can do um for this defense and then contrast that to the things that just happened in Baltimore over the weekend. Yeah. Um it's interesting. Uh the, you know the, the the Ravens I think just got I would assume worse at the oh, safety so. position. Right. Uh, I, I can't imagine that the, you know they've gotten better. Uh, maybe some, oh, they got uh, no
1: experience. No experience behind. No experience, uh, and you
0: know the guy that they're the guy that they're going to. I think it's Deshaun Elliott yeah. in two seasons has appeared in six games because of injuries. He's fourth round pick or something. Yeah, to expect points, right? him to suddenly oh he's gonna he's gonna get get this and stay healthy that uh, might be a stretch for them. Um, you know maybe they do something with one of those cornerbacks and t- start teaching them how to play free safety. But man, they um, are good at that. They move those DBs around as well as
2: anybody, I think. Even before uh, f- this move, I heard Jimmy Smith might be working on the inside more. Like, I don't think he's a deep, high, free safety type. You know, I mean, Again, those guys are hard to find. But I do think he'll be playing more defensive back instead of CB you know, and more versatile things. But that's new for him. Yeah. And it definitely hurts her defense.
0: No, it hurts her defense. I think, you know, with that loss of Earl Thomas, um, you know, what I've seen of this Steelers defense. I thought it was interesting, too, Mike, that Mika Fitzpatrick bristled today. Literally bristled when you suggested that the offense wins some of the their the reps against the defense. <laughs> How about that? What practice are you
1: watching? And my response was the ones where they catch the ball. And he didn't like that. He didn't like that either. But I, I kinda respected that, you know. He said hey, the only time they have a play is when we screw up and they're good enough that when we screw up, they can exploit it. Now that is not true. I mean they're, <laughs> There are going to be plays that Lamar Jackson makes against this defense where they're doing the right thing, and Baltimore makes a play anyway because Baltimore's pretty good. Well, yeah, we've but seen it with Shane Claypool. I like the attitude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I like the attitude and the the feistiness. Um, that was Minka, they got, you guys said? Yeah. That w- he that seems that was like Minka, he's really yeah. bringing some Alabama attitude to this team in year two. Like n- night and day from last year. Okay. I mean, he, he, he showed up last year with his head down. And he didn't want to talk about what went wrong in Miami. He didn't want to talk about what he was going to do here. He just wanted to go out and do it. And now he's done it. And yeah, Alabama attitude. What a perfect uh, way to to describe. In fact, the what was the, what was the question he was
0: asked about saying he wanted to do more and what he wanted to change? What he needed to change from last year? Oh, to- it was.
1: <laughs> no, it was Benzie saying, "Why are you okay with not?" moving around a whole lot as it sounds like you're not gonna because we had heard rumblings right after the season that you wanted to move around and he said because we were good and i was all pro <laughs> <laughs> i like them apples
0: yeah i thought that was pretty well uh that was as a pretty succinct an- answer to that question but good uh, one yeah we're gonna take a break he is That a good pres- zoom day today man it was I'll a good zoom day we had lots of lots of good guys we'll get some more tomorrow we get the butts tomorrow see if we can get some and,
1: uh is, there, is Watt on the – Watt is at noon, board, so? yeah.
0: Watt is at noon, butts in the morning. Uh, maybe we can get some uh, – Yeah. Some good stuff. Good, good quotes out it's of butts. Right we'll see. If
1: we get a gumming out of butts, uh, my enthusiasm will know no bounds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm guessing we might be able to do that once or twice. But uh, he is Mike Persuda I'm Dale Lally. That's Matt Williamson. You're listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back right after this.
3: I pulled into Nazareth, was feeling bound half-past I just need some place where I... just Grin and shook my hand. No was all he said.
0: Take a load off, Fanny. Take a load for free.
3: Take a load off, Fanny. And you put the load right on, right on me.
0: Beautiful song. Beautiful song. Yeah, it's Beautiful great, day. Dude. It's a great day in Pittsburgh. The sun is shining. The Steelers are done with practice. Uh, we're another Players day. Another day closer to the start of the regular season. In fact, the regular season for the Steelers will start three weeks from today. Yeah, I guess so. How about How that? How about that? Three weeks away. Three weeks away. Awesome. We're getting closer and closer and um, and we'll have a bunch of games in the book on books by that point too. at that point yeah, yeah we'll, we'll know a, a lot more about this whole thing as we get closer and closer I, I did want to ask you guys since we mentioned the Earl Thomas stuff um, we' feeling a little bit better about this Steelers team right now than we did I, I think we're all I yeah mean, I, I, I was looking at this as you know potentially a you know 11 win team something along those lines um, I certainly feel pretty solid with that yeah um, but what about the the the, the division? Is, have the Ravens taken this losing Earl Thomas? I can't make that say big that I fear
2: the Ravens any more than when we saw them last.
0: You feared them pretty well.
2: I mean, they were fearful. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean Campbell's uh, big, and they've added a lot of rookies that are. I'm sure that if you were at Ravens camp every day, you'd be like, "Boy, Patrick Queen looks good too." Well, let's you know? talk
0: about that because one of the reasons I think the Ravens got rid of Earl Thomas. And obviously the fight was a big deal, and he's been, I guess, late to a bunch of meetings and all that stuff. Then to kind of prove his point, he puts video, a team yeah. video out on, on social media that shows form- a formation offensively and defensively. Now, I didn't go over that, that video with a fine-tooth comb to see mm-hmm. who was playing where, but I'm more than certain that a lot of NFL teams are. Because you're not getting that kind of information I'm out of sure anybody the Ravens else. Aren't happy about it, and I'm sure they weren't happy about it. And That might have been the last straw for Earl Thomas there.
1: Could be. Well, I know this much: when you when you put stuff out on social media that the coach doesn't want you to put out, that tends to be a problem.
0: <laughs> Correct. We've seen that happen
1: here. Yes. Yeah. Um, he did But exa- I'll say this about the Ravens: that you know, Lamar Jackson was the MVP and justifiably so. And that offense, their running game was majestic. You know, I mean, just the way they, the way their, the way their JVs ground up the Steelers' varsity in that season finale was startling to me, and uh, that really had me thinking. I wonder if this Steelers defense is really as good as I thought it See, was. See, I but. took
0: that another way. I, I I took that as the Steelers defense, as as David DeCastro kind of alluded to when we talked to him a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, like. Having given up the ghost, like, hey, we should have won last week. We didn't. Now we're we're going into this game against the Ravens. Even if we win it, burning the candle, both ends. So, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just, it just it doesn't matter because we we lost the chance to to win. And oh, by the way, we're still starting Doc Hodges at quarterback, right? But I mean, that's an All
1: point. right, well, I, you know, fair point, but uh, I'll make an I'll make one in response. Most of the time, when there's a guy standing under that confetti shower holding up the trophy, he doesn't say, "Well, we gave up the ghost and we won anyway," like <laughs> you know. Maybe they should have bucked up a little more and finished the job. But that said, I thought they bucked uh, up for a, a large portion
0: of the season, and, and it just yeah, not got large worn enough. Down, got worn not down. Not large enough. Not large enough um, to overcome Devlin Hodges. I know that. I know you. I know you're I think, his guy. He, he's your guy and stuff. But, ugh, you do Well, you want to go there. Duck. You do kind of love Duck, go, Duck a little. We can go
1: there. But
2: Let's your point is strong that me,
1: giving up the ghost is not okay. Let me finish the point about Baltimore. I think the Earl Thomas okay. thinks a big deal. I do, like, too. Maybe maybe they got a guy they think could, could play for him. Maybe they don't. Um, their their defense, it, it, for all the accolades their offense got and deserved last year, I think after they got Marcus Peters, they were first in scoring against so. the rest of the – like their de- they fixed their defense as last year went on. Now they got a big hole in it. I,
0: I don't know but, that they necessarily fixed it. Is, is that the, I think it started playing – the offense and defense started playing off of each other. Well, when you control better. the ball like they do, and you play yeah. with the lead, it I g- mean, if plays you, if you look at the numbers, their yards per play average was a full half a yard worse
2: than what the Steelers gave up. And their run defense is questionable. And mm-hmm. uh, let's just stick there for a little because I do think I think their defense is really interesting in that they play a ton of man coverage. They're loaded at corner. And they blitzed more than anyone in the league. And that includes Clark. Because they had to.
0: You don't don't want to fall behind against them.
2: They had to, and they could. You know, they didn't have great pass rushers. But I think you go get Calais Campbell with the thought of, let's blitz a little less. We'll kick him inside on throwing downs. Make life a little easier on our new linebackers and safeties in the middle of the field. And I think they, like a lot of defenses nowadays, want to play with three safeties, though. They want to play a big nickel a high percentage of the time a lot like New England does, now I don't think they can. And now that means, it's kind of back to the Vince Williams conversation, that means Fort or Harrison or uh, Queen
0: is going to be on the field probably more than they planned. I don't know who, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Matt, and you mentioned maybe Earl Thomas would be their play caller. And who's, their home, who's, who's, the, who's, who's wearing the green dot for them? Because it's not going to be LJ Fort.
2: No, it's not. And it Patrick,
0: Maybe it's Clark. Patrick Queen didn't make the calls at LSU. I can't imagine they're going to have him make the calls now for the Ravens. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I think it almost has to be Kenny Clark. It almost has to be Clark. Clark. Yeah, and um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's
1: it's a it's a big deal. It is. Yeah. So yeah, I, to, to answer you guys' question uh, at the start, I, f- I feel like the gap has narrowed a little bit. I still think Baltimore's the better team, but um, you know. Uh, Here comes Seabiscuit. <laughs> Just saw that the other day. <laughs> back to the Hodges. Thing okay, let's we go talked, back to Hodges. We talked to James Washington today as well. And I asked him about that play at the end of the Jets game where he had both hands on the football in the end zone. And, yeah, there was a safety on him who got his hand in there. But, uh, Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, wide receiver on safety is a matchup the wide receiver should win, correct?
2: Yeah, I mean if you're even I'm leaving. I mean yeah. you're throwing it you're throwing that one right. That's what you're that's why you designed
1: the offense to get. That's where the ball went to where it was supposed to go. It got in both hands of the guy it was supposed to get to. And Washington said after that game, that's a touchdown. I gotta make that catch. Hmm. I asked him if he still felt that way and if that lingered a little bit into the offseason, and he said, Absolutely, that's the kind of play if you're a receiver, you get remembered forever for that kind of play. And he said he got over it and you know, he's moved on. But uh Juju also said he dropped a touchdown in that game. Now, Hodges was lousy in that game, no question. He still threw two game-winning touchdowns at the end of the game, and they didn't catch either one of them. Uh, James Conner fumbled the ball in San Francisco when they were maybe running out the clock. That wasn't Mason Rudolph's fault. Um, Juju dropped one after catching a pass from Hodges against Baltimore in overtime. Maybe they got out and win that game. I mean, it could have easily worked out different. And Yeah, I don't think Rudolph uh, was good enough, and I don't think Hodges was good enough but they could have been helped a little bit more. Even in the Mason Rudolph meltdown game in Cleveland, uh, Johnny Holton had the game-tying touchdown <laughs> in his hands. Uh, now, it would have required a better-than-average catch. For someone better,
0: better than Johnny Holton. Yeah,
1: <laughs> an NFL receiver should make that. Uh, the, the long-winded point being, you know, hooray that Ben Roethlisberger's back, but he ain't Bugs Bunny. He's not going to throw it and go catch it for himself. Uh, no, they're going to have to play yeah. better. And Matt, you'd said something that stuck with me a little bit. You said, you don't think Hodges is an NFL quarterback. I don't. I mean, Uh, they would disagree apparently because they kept him all off season. And right. I mean, he's, he's on the team. Right. Um, And I I think he's earned that. Is he a good one? You know, that's up for great debate, but uh, I, I think there's a little more there than people are willing to give him credit for having given the way it ended and boy he was bad against buffalo and it it fell off the cliff at the end of the year but i still remember duck mania man i i hear you
2: and you said something going earlier for a while
0: i just think he's too easy to defend
2: that's what exactly to say like yeah. i'd love to play against him, and i think defense coordinators have showed that over and over
0: yeah i did i just I, I think that what he he is what he is i don't think that physically he's ever going to surpass that because the arm strength just isn't going to – it's just not going to get any better. You can no. you can talk about those plays that those receivers didn't make. Did James Washington not make that play? Did the safety get a hand in there because the ball took an extra half second to get there, whereas if Ben Roethlisberger or somebody with a better arm gets it there when he's wide open? Sure.
2: Or, or I mean, you can, yeah. I, I go back to this kind of thing all the time. I mean, if it's a, 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 a more accomplished quarterback with a poor arm – they don't play that defense that crowds the middle of the
1: field. He knows where you to know go to ball mean, that kind right, of stuff. Right. I mean, and, and
0: Hodges can gain that kind of experience. Maybe last year helped mm-hmm. him. We th- we talked about that, you know, with Mason Rudolph. You know what happened for th- with him last year will help him be better for this year. And I would expect that out of Devlin Hodges as well. I just uh, uh, you know if if I'm the Steelers, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm playing Devlin Hodges again.
1: Right. I mean that's yeah, my, hard to overcome. I mean, obviously his his arm strength or lack thereof, is a limitation he has to work around. Uh, some guys can do that. Uh, usually got to have a little more experience. You know, he did it for a while until he didn't. Uh, my my issues with Rudolph are how long he holds the ball and his accuracy, and I don't think accuracy is something that gets better at the NFL level.
0: See, I think he's had the last couple of days of practice. Could have be over, wrong. Have, have overall been pretty good. Has there been some hiccups here and there? Yeah. Uh, But he's playing against, as Minka Fitzpatrick reminded us today, a a really good defense. I thought Rudolph has looked pretty good the last couple days.
2: That's encouraging. I mean, I think there's more to work with with Rudolph than Duck. I thought he played better than Duck last year. I think he's harder to play against, although every defense coordinator would love to play against both of them again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) again, Well, instead
1: of the other guy, sure. Well,
2: most quarterbacks at this point. My biggest worry with Rudolph is I just don't know – and i'd say this even about dwayne haskins and i think you have to be a pretty darn good athlete at that position to be a starting quarterback in this league now like i don't think you can be philip rivers and those type of guys unless you're really I agree. special you know philip rivers you can't even be philip rivers right anymore. right yeah. if he comes in the league and moves like he does i think he's a second round pick you know what i mean like you better be really really good out of the pocket to be a heavy-footed quarterback
0: yeah. Good point. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think that, and uh, I think we talked about this last week with Bob, uh, that, you know, their quarterback of the future, everybody asked me this question Who is Rudolph the quarterback of the future? No, I don't think that he is Mm-mm. at this point. Um, I don't know that the Steelers feel that way. I think that their quarterback of the future is probably a freshman in college right now. Yeah. I mean, maybe Something it's Derek Carr lines. or somebody like that. It could, or, you be, know, could be a guy yeah, like right that. Here, but yeah. I think, you know, in, in, if they had their choice they would rather be a guy who's going you know either going to into his freshman year this year in college or just finished his freshman year in yeah, college yeah. last year would be ideal yeah so anyways uh, that was a good hour guys Enjoyed that. I thought it was a great hour. Uh, well, okay. Okay, Minka. do um, <laughs>
2: yeah, yourself short.
0: Williamson bristling at me over here. Uh, but we're going to let Mike go. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by, Mike. We'll get talk to you again tomorrow. That was uh, Mike Pursuta of the DVE Morning Show and uh, the Steelers Radio Network. Uh, he, joined here, he joins us here every day. Uh, I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We're going to be back for the second hour of the training camp report right after this. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. This is the second hour of the training camp report here on Steelers Nation Radio, and uh, just to give you that update on that the Ravens depth chart at the safety position, it is now Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott listed as the, the starters. starters, right? Uh, and then you've got behind them uh, jo- Jordan Richards, Anthony Levine, Geno Stone, and Nigel Warrior. Uh, Weyer and Stone, both rookies.
2: Yeah. Stone had a nice college career, but I mean, I don't think you're counting on him for much. Seventh-round draft pick. Seventh-round pick. Right. Yeah. Fell. Uh,
0: and the other, uh, warrior was a uh, undrafted rookie free agent. Uh, Levine has been there for a long time. He's kind of just a job. But he's just yeah. a guy. Yeah. Um, I, I
2: did hear Smith is going to be more of a jack-of-all-trades just because they have too many corners. And they, he's a big-bodied guy. But he's always, I always looked at him as a do-one-thing, press-man-corner, I never thought yeah, of him as a middle versatile. Field, yeah, we're talking right. about
0: deep center fielders here. I don't know that that, and I don't know that Clark. Hmm, no, can, Clark's can, a thumper. Over. He's a thumper. He's and a so, blitzer. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think he had more blitz attempts than any defensive back in the league this past year. I mean, that's so how they got, use him. Yeah,
0: they've got some. They've got some issues there. Um, you know, again, looking at that, uh, at that defense, now you're going to be breaking in perhaps a new starter, at middle linebacker, a weak side linebacker as well. Yeah, um, We'll see if, uh, if they, they do end up playing L.J. Fort there instead of Malik Harrison, uh, just to keep some kind of continuity there. But they, they drafted Harrison in the third round. Yeah, right. A queen in the good first. prospect, right. One of those guys to play. Um, two new starters uh, up front uh, in, in Derek Wolfe and Calais Campbell. Um, you know your your corners are all the same, uh, but now you're going to have a new starting free safety as well. Again, up the middle of your defense. Yeah, I was Hold about up to the say that of the defense. up
2: the middle of the defense. And you and I have talked about that with the Browns. You know that their safeties are kind of up in the air, and Mac Wilson got hurt, and their linebackers took some hits. I'm thinking of the Bengals. Their linebackers have been awful for two years, and their safeties are okay. They jettisoned everybody. Yeah, and right. Safeties. And, I yeah. mean, all three of those defenses up the middle on the second and third level are highly questionable.
0: and That's where you really need your communication, too. You need your communication. You're talking about your corners. Well, your corners can be out there on the island. Hey, you're just playing man here. Mm-hmm. But the guys in the middle got to know what's going on.
2: And the league attacks that area of the field more and more with linebackers and or with running backs and athletic tight ends and play-action crossers. And Lamar Jackson did most of his damage through the air in the middle of the field. And I would imagine Burrow will do the same, and Baker's not a drive it outside the number Any guy. Any team in the
0: division had a big athletic tight end that they could use in the middle of the field. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, let's take a look around the league here at some other things going on. The Chargers, uh, Mike Williams, who left practice with his arm hanging, was diagnosed with a shoulder sprain and is considered week to week. Hmm. Um, that's according to. They e- don't have a lot report. of receiver depth. Um, his collarbone's intact, so it's not a broken collarbone, but Good. it is a, uh, a separated shoulder of some type. Um, that could, I mean, again, we're three weeks from the start of the regular season. Right. That could uh, linger a little bit.
2: Yeah, I don't know what their backup plan would be. I don't. Their receivers, besides Allen and Williams,
0: aren't brand-name guys. Yeah. Speaking of receivers and brand-name guys, a guy who used to be with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, uh, the Raiders' Tyrell Williams has a torn labor in his shoulder – and he's going to try to play through it after rehabbing for a few weeks. Uh, the Raiders have announced, also announced they've signed defensive end Chris Smith, who was released by the Panthers last month. Uh, and they waived injured uh, linebacker Nick Usher and waived running back William Stanbeck.
2: Hmm. I mean, the Williams news is substantial. I mean, they've obviously added two rookies of prominence. I was. I heard some good reports that Williams was having a very good camp before yeah. that, and he's a forgotten guy. I mean, they right. gave him some serious money. And he's a big downfield threat.
0: You can rehab that torn labrum a little bit. Again, that's just dealing with getting that area stronger. Okay. Uh, but but plucking the ball over your head. Pluck anytime. You know, yeah, right? anytime you're getting up over your head. Anytime you that shoulder's driven into the ground. I'm sure it's going to hurt.
2: I bet blocking's
0: not real fun either. No. Right. Yeah, you're going to lose a little bit of strength there. That's again why you try to, to you know, improve the strength there. Uh, Washington, the defensive end, Chris Young, or Chase Young, I'm sorry, was back at individual drills, not quite back out there with the team stuff, but he's dealing with a hip flexor injury. They want to get that healthy.
2: I'm sure they're not taking any chances with that guy.
0: Right. Right. No no doubt about that. Probably the most,
2: maybe the most valuable guy in the whole organization.
0: Uh, Speaking of the Ravens, uh, quarterback Lamar Jackson was uh, dealing with a uh, groin injury. He had missed the previous two practices. He was back on Monday, as was cornerback Marcus Peters, who's been dealing with a soft tissue injury as well.
2: Okay. I don't think that's super newsworthy. newsworthy. Um, You're you're, you're hearing a lot around the league holding this guy out. I mean, some big-name dudes, just like the Steelers do with DeCastro. And I think teams are, even with the fewer practices, leaning towards being conservative with their stars. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Seahawks. Uh, Pete Carroll announced that defensive end Brandon Jackson is back in the building and in team meetings after leaving Saturday's practice in an ambulance following a helmet. The helmet hit; uh, he was apparently uh, knocked out, uh, unconscious hmm. in-, in that play. Um, Philip Dorsett also dealing with a, a sore foot and won't practice for them today. Okay. Uh, but uh, that Brandon Jackson, the thing that was kind of a scary. Yeah, when you see a guy get uh, carted off after a helmet the helmet hit. Sure. Not just carted off, but taken off in an ambulance. That's good news for the young man, obviously. Yeah, you know, right. No, no doubt about that. How about this one? Arizona Cardinals running back. Kenyon Drake was spotted in a walking boot on Monday. Yeah, that's noteworthy. Yeah. Um, kind of a fantasy
2: note here. I think Chase Edmonds is one of the five best handcuffs to own right now. I mean, I think he would be the every-down guy if Drake were to go down. And he's a good player. You yeah. know I mean? I don't think he'd Eno Benjamin. And so everybody hates the Drake. Everybody hates the Drake. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like Drake a lot, but he would worry me just from a big time
0: workload standpoint to begin with. The Patriots have re signed veteran kicker Nick Folk. Huh. Uh, and signed rookie defensive lineman Michael Bennett Barnett, I should say. Not Michael Bennett. Uh, former Buccaneers and Titans offensive uh, tackle uh, Kevin. Pamp file has worked out with New England as well. They of course have a hole at right tackle where yeah, Marcus they're Cannon. They're looking for people. It looks uh, like up there. a pretty big hole where Marcus Cannon used to stand. Yeah. <laughs> kickers and starting right tackles and things. I mean in the, 3 weeks like, from the start of the regular exactly, season. Exactly. That's not good. Uh Denver Broncos running back Melvin Gordon back at practice after missing Friday's practice due to rib injury. Uh, coach Vic Fangio told reporters last linebacker Justin Stranad is out for the season after having surgery on a dislocated wrist. He was okay. a uh, yeah. young uh, coverage linebacker in this year's draft, and uh, he is now on scholarship after dislocating that wrist. And,
2: and Davis got hurt earlier, too. Yeah, and they're so, a little thin at the inside yeah, linebacker yeah, position. Yeah, some newsworthy items. Now they're second on the Steelers'
0: schedule. Uh, for the Packers, uh, cornerback Jair Alexander, tight end Mercedes Lewis, and linebackers Zadarius Smith all returned to practice uh, after a, a day off. Um, Kansas City Chiefs wideout Tyreek Hill was limited at practice today. He's been dealing with a hamstring um, the the uh, Chiefs did bring in, and this is also noteworthy for the uh, the opt-out that they had. Uh, they brought in former 49 ers center uh, Daniel Kilgore. Uh, he's expected hmm. to sign with them. Yeah,
2: that makes some sense. I mean, I think he did basically did the same thing with the Dolphins last year where times were tough. Go get Daniel Kilgore and... He's not going to make you forget about Mike Webster or anything, but at he's least he played started a lot of games, games yeah. and right. I mean, there's value for that at the center position. Knows what to do. He knows yeah. how to, you know, call out the assignments.
0: This one was a weird one, I and mean, this happened this morning. Uh, the Saints cut linebacker Nigel Bradham, but they signed him like two weeks ago, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Sean Payton said that uh, it was a decision we made just based on what we've seen so far. We're going to give some of these younger guys more work. Uh, the team also placed uh, defensive back uh, Johnson Batemosi on injured reserve, um, but uh, Bradham uh, just must not have uh, had it anymore. Yeah, Saints
2: have a ton of really good linebackers. You know, you got guys like Zach Bond waiting there. And I mean, like maybe they just looked at it and thought, we got five good ones. Yeah. We like.
0: do we, we want to play? We play Bradham and sit Bond because we think Bond's gonna and Bond's probably going to play special teams for us. And Bradham mm-hmm. probably doesn't. So he's they, also more of a pass rusher yeah. too, and um, I liked Bradham as an
2: every-down guy, but it just screams that there's something going on there we don't know about, yeah. you know, a chronic knee or an I mean, something. Something. That, something. Or,
0: I mean, the, you know, he may have he, he may have gotten there and looked around and looked at the numbers and said, you know what, I want to be a free I'd agent love, again.
2: Hey, do you guys mind letting me go? Yeah, let, we'll let me go now instead
0: of later. Maybe I can catch on with somebody mm-hmm. before the season starts. Right. Man. I'm not going to make it here.
2: Uh, even the Steelers could use somebody like that. Although it sounds like that position's firming up a little bit with some of these young guys. I really what i a seen Gilbert. Yeah. Right, right. Um, I don't know. I, I, I thought he's an on an every every rosterable player, Bradham, and it would be a low end every down linebacker. But he's bounced around awful quickly in the last couple of months or yeah. whatever. That doesn't scream
0: reliable. This one doesn't bode well. Cleveland Browns rookie safety Grant Delpit was carted off practice with an apparent wow. lower leg injury. Um, I wonder if they'd be in the
2: Earl Thomas market. <sighs> I was kicking around teams that would be interested. Dallas is like the leader in the clubhouse. I wonder if Cleveland would think about
0: it. If Delpit is out for any time, a length of time, I would think that they might be in that market. But mm-hmm. do they want to take that chance? I mean, they've already got kind of a iffy locker room already. I would say they've
2: they've made those mistakes in the past, but it's been other regimes, of course. You know, like taking the shortcut on the guy that's, you know, a a handful to deal with. It's probably not the best way to do business, but they could use middle of the field help.
0: They could definitely use that. And, um, you know, certainly I would think that you know, Thomas said all the right things after being released by the Ravens, but he made like the opportunity to play against them a couple times a year, as opposed to no, I'm sure going somewhere else. I'm yeah. sure he would. Um, but that could get interesting um, for sure. But uh, Delpit uh, was a big. He was gonna, He was in their starting. Uh, in their starting eleven on defense. Oh yeah! Again, uh, they're
2: thin at linebacker and safety. I mean, yeah. that's up the
0: middle of the field, uh, without question, they they do have some issues there. Um, Indianapolis Colts defensive end uh, Ben uh, Benogu. Yeah. I don't know why I always struggle with that. Ben Benogu was carted off practice after uh, rolling his ankle. Um, Indianapolis also waived injured wide receiver uh, Chad Williams. They activated tight end Andrew Vollert from the commissioner's exempt list and transferred tight end Ian Bunting from the waived injured list to reserved injured poor. uh, Benogu's one to watch, though. I mean, they...
2: Everyone knows who Justin Houston is, but they have three or four, you know, two or three others. You know, Teray, these young second, third, fourth round picks they've used lately that have some ability as edge rushers. He's a flexible guy, yeah. and was a bit of a project. I think they had high hopes for him. So, um, if he's were, if he's going to miss a lot of time after getting carted off, that's
0: keep an eye on that. That's significant. Yeah, uh, the Bills are working out Daron Lee.
2: He's another one. There must be more wrong with him than. Uh, I just
0: wonder if there's anything going on upstairs there. Yeah. Yeah. He
2: doesn't seem like the quickest and best processor. Yes. Right. He can run and
0: he's big and looks good in pads. Uh, I'm just going to make you feel a little old here because. Center Aq Shipley is signed with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, wow! Bruce Arians loves him, some Aq Shipley, and There's he's back of time in the league. In the recruiting world with Q. <laughs>
2: that's amazing. Though I give him credit, that guy—he's <laughs> under six feet. He's been an NFL player for a long time. He's
0: under six feet, and he has a body by Dunkin' Donuts.
2: He kind of looks like a bag full of doorknobs. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's <laughs> he, but Moon Moon High School. Moon High School zone. He came out with Garrett Webster, Mike Webster's son, his son at the time.
0: Uh the Dolphins waved injured defensive end Curtis Weaver. Mm, okay, he's been around the league a little bit. Yeah. Uh Houston waved uh, defensive or wave linebacker Jan Johnson, and the Falcons have released offensive lineman Jamon Brown. Okay. I wonder if his career is about He over. might be he's started yeah. a fair amount. He's been around the block a few times and he can get a little heavy. Yeah. And pure guard. But uh, certainly a lot of uh, roster news there coming in from over the weekend, some uh, pretty serious injuries there that we'll continue to keep an eye on here. And uh, Yeah, it's, uh, we're at that time of year.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. We're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. We're going to hear that Minka Fitzpatrick interview nice. when we come back right after this with the Training Camp Report. Dale Lally here with, with uh, Matt Williamson. This is the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio. And, uh, Matt, uh, we, we talked a lot about Minkah Fitzpatrick in the first hour. Um, lots of good stuff from him. We got a chance to talk to him again today. And I thought we'd like to play that back for uh, for our listeners.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing it. I mean, you guys talked up the interview and you've talked up his play. We've talked about his different roles and possibilities. I'm pretty happy that he's with the squad and they made that move in week three or whatever it was last year.
0: Yeah, I I would say that was one that worked out, (laughs) as you'll hear him talk about as well. Our Steelers Nation uh, training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's what Minka Fitzpatrick had to say earlier today.
1: A two-part question for you. One, do you expect them to move you around a little bit more in the defense. But two, um, a lot of stars in other sports who are accustomed to uh, fan adulation said they're having some issues with being motivated without fans. Do you, How do you anticipate that, that working out for you guys, you in particular, if there are no fans at a game?
4: Um, to answer your first question, um, no, I, I don't really see myself moving around a whole lot. I think last year we we were successful with what uh what we did. <clears throat> um, y'all not to see any need for change? Uh, we might switch it up a little bit, whatever, whatever. But uh, I'm not see my role uh, changing too much. Uh, besides just mastering what I've been doing and uh, making plays. Uh, to answer the second question, um, no, nah, I don't think there's there's any uh, for me personally. I don't think there'd be any lack of motivation because. Uh, No, I I go out there, I'm a competitor, so I'm going to go out there and compete at at a high level, no matter what the circumstance or condition may be. Uh, We are going to miss the fans, and it will be different, like, going out there and not playing with them or playing with however many people in the stands. But uh, for me, I know I'm going to be motivated, uh, you know, just as much, if not more, because I know that, uh, you know, it's a different environment. Other people might need that, you know, little spark, whatever, so. If I gotta be a little bit more vocal, if I gotta be a little bit more uh, on fire for my teammates, and that's what I'm gonna do.
5: Mike Presuda, D V E.
1: Mika, we're seeing the typical give and take in practice between the offense and the defense. You guys had a pretty good night the other night. They've made their share of plays. What's with we'll the one. games? What will <laughs> uh uh-huh. the ones where they catch the ball. Yeah. What'll tell if you that defense is ready the without, ball. without preseason games? What, what was the question? What What will tell you that your defense is ready without having any preseason games? What What do you want to see between now and the Giants game? Um, I think you know
4: when you're ready when uh, there's a uh, not a lot of mental errors out there, not a lot of uh, lack of communication when everybody's flying to the ball. Uh, you know, there's no big, big plays or big mistakes happening um, stuff like that. Uh, I think I mean, because that's what what defense is, uh, especially with our defense. The only times we get beat is when we mess up. Uh, there's not so many times where you know the corners aren't going to win 50-50 balls. They usually win those. Uh, there's not too many times where TJ or Bud aren't going to win the rush. The only time that big plays happen on us is when we make a mistake. You know what I'm saying? In the offense, you know, the type of offense that we have, knowing Ben and everybody out there they're going to take advantage of it. Um, I don't know if it's been give and take the last couple of practices, but <laughs> y'all y'all are entitled to your own opinion and whatnot. Joe Rudder, Trib.
0: What You know, I know it's a different situation because of coronavirus, but um, what's these practices been like compared to what you did the last two years when you're in Miami? More hitting, less hitting? Uh, you're getting more work than you thought, less work? How's that going?
4: Uh, practice-wise, it's not too much different than um, any regular camp. Uh, I think mean, the rules on hitting are a little bit different, but uh, we're tackling uh, when we can. Uh, we're, we're hitting when we can. Um, we're getting just as much reps. Uh, I think it's, like, staggered now, but we're getting just as much reps as we would in a normal camp. Uh, so it's not, it's, not, it's not too much different. Obviously, the logistics and setup and stuff like that is different, but um, nothing's really different when it comes to just playing football going out there for practice.
3: Didi King-Gobala, NFL Network. Hey, Minka. Um, now that you've had the full offseason with this defense, how do
5: you see your role changing in any way? And how much input do you have?
3: Like, do you go to TA and say, I want to do this, or I want to do that, or we as a secondary should do this?
4: Um. It really hasn't been a full off season because we didn't have OTAs. We just had these last couple of weeks of camp, but um, you know, doing having you know this, these last couple of weeks. Um, not, I don't see my role changing too much. I'm gonna go out there, do my job, um, do what I do best. Um, and uh, when it comes to input, I mean, not not really. You could you could ask, but I um, There's not really a point. Where we're playing well as a defense. We're communicating well as a defense. I'm doing my job well. Uh, you know, I might ask for. Other responsibilities, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not gonna ask um, unless I really see a need for me to expand my role. But right now, I don't see it.
5: Will Graves, Associated Press. Mika, when you look
1: back and evaluate last season, what what bothered you when you looked at film? What what ticked you off? What did you look at and say, "Man, I gotta I gotta clean that up" going into 2020?
4: Um, oh, personally, or just as a team? You, just
5: you, you personally, your own self-evaluation.
4: I don't think there's anything that really that was like super glaring to me. Um, there was there was there were some plays where uh something I worked on this offseason was just coming out of my playing lower so with more of a bend, especially when I'm playing like in the, in the middle of the field or in the half. Because um, I don't wanna have to when I when I try and come out of a break, I don't want that to bend and then come out the break. I want to just be able to play low and come out the break. Uh, and with that, my breaks are gonna be sharper, it's gonna be less rounded. Uh, breaks so it's easier. It's gonna be easier for me to get to the ball. Uh, you know, tackles are gonna be cleaner and stuff like that. So it's kind of like a trigger effect of just playing lower will affect a lot of different uh, parts of my game. Yeah,
5: Lolly, D.K. Pittsburgh Sports,
0: hey Mick, uh, I just wondered what uh, what you think of the guys uh, on the depth chart at the safety position uh, beyond yourself and Terrell. Who, who's uh, standing out there
4: for you? Um, I think everybody's having a pretty pretty solid camp. Uh, you know, uh, Curtis has, just came in and, uh, you know, he's doing a good job. Uh, he's making plays and he's an experienced guy. Um, Antoine, same thing. A uh, young guy, but he's out there, you know, communicating, trying to learn every single day, asking questions uh, to the older guys, needing extra time, stuff like that. Danger, same thing. Uh, he's a guy that's out there, knows what to do. Uh, he's not going to make any mistakes, so. I can't really say anybody's standing out, but, you know, they're all doing their job and getting it done.
3: Mark Cavalli, The Athletic. Ladder. Hey, Mika, are you guys on defense under the
4: belief that your offense can help you guys out this year where you might not have to force 30-plus
3: turnovers and
4: 50-some sacks? No, we still want to do that as a defense because, uh, you know, last year we had a lot of injuries and whatnot. And we were down, but if we could do that same thing, you know, with Big Ben back and all the other guys back uh, making plays, I think, you know, we'll be an even even better uh, team. Uh, you know, last year we were a good team, and, uh, you know, we were you know, missing some weapons on, on offense. So if we could uh, still play to, to that same tempo and create the amount of turnovers and sacks and stuff that, that we did, um, I, I think we're going to be a great team. So I think even though we do have those guys back, we still want to, do what we did last year, if not, even better.
5: Brooke Pryor, ESPN. Hey, Minka, I saw at practice last week, uh, you had a pretty uh, spirited discussion after uh, you tackled him on a play. How intense is practice in some of these battles that you get into with uh, guys like Benny or some of the receivers? I mean, just from your perspective, how how intense does it get, and how much does that help, knowing that you guys don't have a preseason to kind of get that out?
4: Yeah, uh, one thing that I, I really wanted to uh, bring into this camp, um, and I didn't really know how it was going to be because it's my first camp with them. But uh, one thing I really wanted to bring into this camp was that competitive nature. Um, I wanted to make it a really competitive environment where you weren't going to be able to get away with, you know, going half speed or not uh, not giving somebody your all because uh, say if on that play with Benny, I was just cruising and he was stiff on me like that. I wouldn't have been ready for it but I knew what Benny was coming with so I had to you know approach it the same as that way so I think um just an iron sharpen iron uh type environment um you know it's it's definitely beneficial for everybody because if everybody's just cruising and floating around out there nobody's getting better but you know everybody's out there flying around giving it 110. um you know we get chippy with each other because we're all all the, the alpha type mentality and competitors so uh, we're not going to you know, just turn over for anybody. So, uh, you know, it gets chippy. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we all have respect for each other because we're teammates. We're all, we're all in the same colors. But, um, you know, it's definitely a competitive environment. and We're all definitely getting better because of it. Jim Wexel, 24-7 Sports. Okay. Okay, Minka, um, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, is there a safety, retired or otherwise,
2: you got me makeup? yeah yeah okay is there
0: a safety that uh, retired or otherwise that you would admire study emulate maybe and
4: why um yeah there's a couple dudes um ed reed was a guy that i really liked um you know this off season i broke down a lot of his film uh you know he just he was an athlete but he also was an intell- intellectual uh, when it came to the game uh he did a lot of things to you know bait quarterbacks he did a lot of things to uh, you know, just learn the game uh, and, and with that, he was able to make plays that normal safety uh, wouldn't be able to make. So, Ed Reed was a guy. Brian Dawkins, I just love the way that he played, the energy that he played with, the passion that he played with. Um, you know, I'm about to start breaking down some Glover Quinn uh, film from Detroit. Uh, he's a really good safety that a lot of people have told me about uh, that, that I should watch from to start breaking him down uh, sometime soon. Jeff
5: Hawthorne, 93-7. Hey, Minka, Tom Bradley was saying earlier today about how he wants you in that role at center field and how key that is. What about your attributes or your mindset or both make you good in that position?
4: Um, I think you want somebody back there that is, um, one, can cover ground, uh, which I believe I, I do well. Uh, a guy that, you know, knows what everybody in front of him is doing because when you do that, uh, it allows you to play fast back there. Uh, it allows you just to react and not have to rely on, uh, you know, too much thinking. Um, I think it uh, relies on, uh, you know, it's a guy that just safety is the last line of defense. So you're not going to let things, you know, fly over your head and, uh, you know, let ball slip out the backfield or the running backs slip out the backfield and, and make a big plays. So, you know, you're a guy that's going to keep everything in front of him. You're not going to let the ball go over your head. but you're also um, going to be, you know, aggressive. Um, you're not just going to let everybody catch up everything in front of you. You're going know, to make plays in front of you uh, while also uh, not letting the ball get behind you. So I think it's a combination of a couple different things.
5: Great time for three more. Tim Ben's trip. Mika, I was uh, curious about your. Answer to Jerry's first question there about the decision maybe not to have you move around or change your role a ton going into the season. That seemed to be a point of interest of yours earlier in the offseason and maybe of the
0: teams too. Can you expand on why you might keep things more of the same?
4: It worked last year. And you're happy with that? You're, you're okay with that? Yeah, I was happy with all pro and uh, pro bowl. Yes, sir. <laughs> you, you think
0: that, um, I mean, if you look back at some, many of the, t- interceptions you created and caused, uh, they were kind of targeting other players anyways. Was that part of the discussion that was determined that you can still make an impact from back there, uh, regardless of yeah, whether or not?
4: part of being a successful safety, I uh, had mentioned Ed Reed earlier, uh, is just being in the right position. If you watch a lot of Ed Reed's tape, uh, a lot of his tape is just him being in the right position uh, and balls being tipped to him, you know, forcing fumbles, taking the right angles, because a lot of guys, if, if you're lazy back there, you know, don't pay attention to a lot of the details of the game, but uh, one little step off, and Ed Reed is going to make that play, one little step against the Rams last year, and I'm, um, you know, two inches off from catching the ball, you know what I'm saying, and closing the game. You know, so it's, it's a game of details back there, and uh, it's really just about, you know, being, because, like, there's times where there's, there's drops, you know what I'm saying, or you don't make a lot of plays, but you still have to be in the right position because we make plays as safeties that uh, just, just by being in the right position, the ball, we might not get the pick, we might not get the pass breakup, but simply by being in the right position and making a quarterback not throw to a certain area, or making a, a receiver, like taking away a receiver out the game. Uh, we make a lot of plays, you know what I'm saying? So everybody loves the big splash plays and interceptions and the forced fumbles and stuff like that. But uh, as an elite safety, a great safety, um, you do a lot of unknown things, and one of them is being in the right position. So, as long as I'm keep being in the right position and practicing the right way, then I'm gonna keep my place.
5: All right, we actually have to get out of this room, so we only have time for one more right now. It's gonna go, Brian Batco, go that Hey Minka, yeah, you just mentioned how this is your, your first camp here and really it's your first extended practice time with the Steelers period since you came over during last season and didn't have the off season that you normally would. So how beneficial has this process been for you with your chemistry uh, with Steve and, uh, and especially Joe who it seems like has, has really kind of taken you under his wing since you got here?
4: Uh, it's been good. Um, you know, we, we all, honestly, we had a really good, Chemistry last year. Um, I think because I was forced into it, I had to approach it in a head first, uh, you know, uh, way. Um, and if I didn't go into it that way, and if you know Joe and, and Steve and Te didn't, you know, uh, coach me up the way that we did, whether they did, then we wouldn't have had the success that we had. So, um, you know, I think uh, you know it's beneficial, you know, having this off season with them. But I think, um, you know, last year we established really good, really good chemistry established real good communication which is really important between you know corners and nipples and safeties um so you know this year we just you know put a stamp on it uh, improving the little details now we're communicating without even communicating you know saying just a little look and stuff like that is enough now so uh, it's definitely good still learning still learning uh, as you're playing with people you know how they think and whatnot but uh, i think we have a great chemistry and i uh, was we'll just making it even better during this camp
0: that was Steeler safety Minka Fitzpatrick uh, earlier today with the Assemble Media. Uh, lots of good stuff there from Minka, and as um, we talked about with Mike Pursuti, he bristled a little bit at times, showing a little edge.
2: Yeah, I like that conversation we had in the first hour about that Alabama attitude, that athletic arrogance. You know, whatever a phrases you want to add up there, but <laughs> it sounds like and I'm sure you can attest to this that he seems a lot more comfortable. Becoming more of a leader in year two. You know, this is home now.
0: Yeah, this is home now. The the other guys on the team also uh, all embrace know, him. Embrace sure. him yeah. every time he makes – not that they didn't before, but he's just one of the guys now. Nice. He's just not the Goes a long guy. way, yeah. just Yeah, so. Shows. Anyways, uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. When we come back, we're going to hear from Eric Ebron, who we also talked a little bit about in the uh, first segment uh, or first hour. We'll hear that right after this. Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, Matt, uh, one of the new toys that the Steelers have this year is a tight end Eric Ebron.
2: Yeah, interesting addition. I think they've been looking for this guy, this style of tight end, since Heath Miller really retired. Darius Green... They're, they're, they're more the athlete slot receiver is more than they are you know put your hand in the ground and try to dig out a defensive end type of player
0: and it creates mismatches. But they're working. He talks a little bit about that here, but he's also talked. I asked him about the blocking stuff. He's been mm-hmm. they've been bl- having him block quite a bit here early in camp. You mentioned to, that last week too. Trying like to teach Coach him Tomlin's to Coach yeah. been on
2: him, and they're not just gonna be like, oh, you're just a big
5: receiver. Don't worry about
0: it. Yeah, and you'll hear some interesting responses about some of that. Though, let's give a listen to what Eric Ebron had to say.
5: Hey, Eric. Um, Just from seeing you at at practice the other day, especially kind of during stretching and and stuff, it seems you're uh, pretty talkative, uh, a guy that's keeping the energy up, uh, fun to be around. And and your teammates have said that, too. Has that always been just your personality? Or or is that something that's come with uh, more experience, more confidence being in the league as long as you've been?
3: Uh, Just who I am, honestly. Uh, Just going out there, just having fun. I mean, we we don't play music, so... I gotta find some way to to get my my energy going to to just be who I am to be the player that I want to be, whether it's practice or a game. So I'm just always energized, except right now I'm tired.
5: Plus, it's a camp with no um no preseason games to break up the monotony, right? So I guess it helps to keep things light as much as you can.
3: Right? Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's about tired of going against our defense. Our defense is pretty good, if you don't know. So yeah, it's, it gets tiring after a while. Yeah, lolly
0: Eric, uh, I've noticed uh, Mike Tomlin uh, every time you guys are hitting the the blocking uh, sleds, he's there uh, watching you, uh, keeping an eye on that kind of stuff. I'm I'm just wondering how much of that was you, were you asked to do it in Detroit and Indianapolis? I know you, you're uh, an accomplished receiving tight end. Were you asked to do a lot of blocking?
3: Um, I mean. I just did whatever, really whatever I was asked to do, um, whether it was blocking or whether it was to, you know, be a decoy or to be the primary target. I mean, I just did whatever I was asked to do. Um, from what I hear, Mike Tomlin is always over there. I think it's fun. I mean, I think it's pretty cool that Mike Tomlin is really at all the drills, really, and he just continues to be a part of everything going on, all the cohesion going on around this this team. So. Um, I, I like it. Um, as far as hitting a sled, man, it's fun. It's it's new. Um, I haven't hit a sled in a while, so it's fun. And it's new. It's, it's it kind of gets practice going, but then at the same time, you're really tired. So it's cool. <laughs> Mike
1: Przucha, Eric. There was a play a couple days ago. Uh, a deep ball. Dupree was covering you, and it looked like. You adjusted to the ball at least twice, caught a long touchdown, and afterward, there was a first down marker leaning up against the wall, and Dupree went over, picked it up, and started slamming it into the wall. Uh, did you notice that? Uh, do you have any kind of reaction to that? And, and is that play uh, kind of an example of your offensive game?
3: No. Uh, I mean, we were just we were just asked to get put in a situation in which we know we're not comfortable with. Um, and... You know, Mike Tomlin's is doing a great job every day of putting those in those situations to challenge each other. Um, he wants the Dupree to be able to to carry out tight ends and and coverages. So you know, what better way to work on that than for Dupree to, to guard to guard me, um, who is you know obviously a, a really good uh, receiving threat. So we just and and for myself, you know, I and those blocking drills, Mike Tomlin does a great time. You know, putting me in those blocking drills and put me in those situations to you know recreate. Game-like environments, and um, I mean Dupree is competitive. Uh, he knows that uh, um, it's 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 a you know it's us sharpening each other. It's not anything you know to to fuss about or anything. But he's just a competitor, so I expect nothing less than him. But I'm surprised he didn't absolutely destroy the first down marker. Chris Adamski. Hey, Eric.
5: Um,
0: how are your ankles now that you've had, you know, live practices and everything here for the first time uh, since your since your surgery? And And um, is that something is being, are you 100% healthy? Is being 100% healthy that is it a coincidence that the, one of the two years you played 16 games, you had your career year in 2018. Is that something you think you can do again if you are 100% healthy?
3: Um, honestly, I'm just tired of losing and me recreating any goal that i've had is pointless. Um i just want to win here. Um and that's kind of like my only goal. Um and as far as my ankles my ankles are are good, man. I think i run pretty well. They like they like the way that i run, so i guess i'm pretty good. As far as being 100% healthy, i was first day of practice that went out the window. So <laughs> I'm not 100% anymore, but i'm healthy.
5: Ray Fidopaldo. Uh Hey, Eric, how's it going? Uh, there was a lot of talk
0: last season uh, about the receivers having a hard time getting open. As an outsider coming in, what is your take on the Steelers receiving core and how might you be able to help those guys in terms of, you know, drawing some coverage or, you know, just being another chess piece, chess piece for those guys?
3: Man, that's it. Um, I'm just here to just be another chess piece. I mean, it's easy to cover our receivers when – you know, it, you don't, you don't have, you know, um, you don't have to really pay attention to, you know, anyone else you just play too high and cover both our outside receivers. So I, I, I feel like I oppose a threat, um, a, a, a threat in the middle of the field that's gonna one, help our receivers to have one-on-one coverage and hopefully, you know, they win. And that's, that's what we pay our receivers to do. That's what they're here for. And that's why they play in the National Football League. So they I'm just here to just really honestly do my job um, and whatever I can shed light about route running to the receivers, I will. And I, I think they're doing a fantastic job. The new coach, Ike, is doing a great job with them, And Ike has some knowledge and there's nothing better than having uh, a former player as your coach because you can relate to people like that uh, a lot better. So I, I feel like our receiver goal is going to be good, especially with Ben back, you know, that co- that cohesion that, you know, him and Juju has built over the years. and some some of these other guys has been here for a while. I don't know who's all been here as long as, you know, Ben's been here, Ben's been here a long time, but uh, you know, it's just, it's just that your quarterback and your receivers and adding me to that, it's just gonna make, you know, that group, our air game that much better. So hopefully it, it shows. Mark Cavalli.
4: Hey, Erica, you had your share of uh, two tight end sets in Indianapolis, I'm sure Detroit as well. In your opinion, what makes two tight ends on the field who can catch the ball and be versatile? In your opinion, how, what does that do to the defense? How how does that make it difficult for them?
3: Um, it solves it solves the offensive problem. It solves the problem that we have every snap on. What is what is the defense trying to disguise and how they're trying to disguise it? And with a with a veteran quarterback like Ben, who who's who's seen it all. Um, I feel like it it helps it helps with his clarity upon checking defenses, and I believe two tight end sets are are dominant if you have two really good tight ends, and I believe we do. Um, so I just look forward to just making you know Ben's job a lot easier, making our offensive job a lot easier, and just you know pulling the truth out of the defenses and what they're trying to disguise.
5: Brooke Pryor.
3: Brooke.
5: <laughs> hey, Ibron. Uh, you know, you touched on it when you first you know, got signed by Pittsburgh about you and Ben connecting at that uh, conference and the offseason and what it would be like to play together. But how have you noticed your rapport building with him on the field throughout camp? I mean, how, how is your connection uh, as it relates to the offense right now?
3: Yeah, uh, just still trying to completely understand him. You know, I, I haven't had years with him. I haven't had months with him. Um, I've literally had weeks and, um, just really trying to understand some things and I believe I'm picking it up really well. Um, and his, the way he, the way he thinks, because at the end of the day, you know, we can draw a lot of lines on paper, but if I'm not, you know, thinking the same thing as a quarterback, then I don't get the ball. So, you know, I really just try to pick his mind and see what he thinks and, you know, see what he likes and what he doesn't like and how to run certain routes and, you know, like knowing that there will be some mistakes and we'll have to talk through some things and it's it, it's all been a work in progress and it's all been so much fun especially with a veteran like him because you know we see things the same and coming from two really good quarterbacks you know it's taught me a lot you know it helped me you know visualize things would been a lot better so um it's it's been it's been fun um and i believe we we will have a lot of fun this year.
0: That was Steelers tight end Eric Ebron uh, with the assembled media. That was actually on Sunday we talked to him but but I thought that was some good stuff we needed to play that back it hadn't uh, been heard on these airwaves yet. Uh, he's an interesting guy. Ray, yeah. very yeah. gregarious.
2: Yeah, from what I understand that's very true and welcome addition. I'm excited to see him run and and uh, open the, in the open field. A different style of player than they've had before. So,
0: you know, they're they're always evolving. They are always evolving and we'll see how that offense continues to evolve this season uh, but that's going to do it for the training camp report I'm Dale Lally he is Matt Williamson we want to uh, thank Mike Persuda for dropping by as he does every day and we want to thank uh, Wes Euler for spinning the tunes here keeping us on the air um, we're uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with our wall-to-wall Steelers coverage right here on Steelers Nation Radio